Councilman Caleb Collier said. I'm proposing that the city of Spokane Valley issue a proclamation stating that our city is a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Today on Church and State, we'll be discussing impact events. Hello, Christian patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. And I am your host, Caleb Collier, your favorite far-right shock jock, and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. You know, the other day, I was at a school board meeting... And uh, the school board president or superintendent, he stood up and they had a whole bunch of kids there. They were trying to do some like, you know, make the kids feel good, which is really all they do in public schools anymore. Uh, confused and feeling like their their egos are up to here. So they can't accomplish anything in the real world. Anyway, a bunch of kids in there and the school superintendent, he stood up and he says, if you think you're stupid, please stand up. And nobody got up. I'm in there and I'm kind of looking around. And so finally I stood up. And uh, he looked at me and he says, you think you're stupid? I said, no, I just felt bad that you were standing up all by yourself. Huh? Huh? Come on. Uh, I, I tease the school board because there's a lot to tease about, right? Because we're so sick of them indoctrinating our kids. And uh, truly, they're, they're either evil or stupid. I mean, that's, that's your options there. Hey, I need everybody to go on over to churchandstate.media and check out our fantastic website. This is where you're going to be able to listen to all of our shows. And I got to tell you, the caliber of the guests that we've had on as of late even impresses me. And I'm hard to impress. So go on over there. Start checking out our shows. Check them out on Rumble, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, check us out on, on X. We're on there out a lot more. Uh, we're slowly transitioning away from Facebook, I think. Um, I, just, I'm, I'm, I just despise what Facebook is or has become, or maybe it's what it was always intended to be. But uh, I'm all for free speech. You know that about me on here. Also take advantage of all of our fine affiliates. Uh, who do I want to talk about today? There's so many good ones. I mean, whether it's gold, it's it's pillows, it's uh, the, the beef. I love the beef. You know, I haven't talked about the Tuttle Twins in a while. Why not? We're talking, I mean, we're making fun of the school board. So the Tuttle Twins. Look, ladies and gentlemen, the content that your kids can check out at your local public library or the ones that they can check out at your schools, it's atrocious. It's pure indoctrination. It is evil. Uh, they're discussing critical race theory, uh, very perverse sexual behavior. Um, do you imagine, could you imagine if you started a new job and uh, you sit down and you're meeting with the whole team and they're getting to know you and some jack wagon says, hey, what's your sexual preferences? Can you imagine that? Well, I mean, what would you say to this individual? Uh, none of your business? Or would you choose to have a long conversation about what you personally prefer? Well, if that sounds ludicrous to you in a work environment, that's exactly what they're doing in schools. Exactly what they're doing to our kids. Talking about the most disgusting, abhorrent behavior all in the name of education. Well, if you want to make sure that your kids are reading wholesome books, ones that teach you about free market capitalism, then you got to get into the Tuttle Twins, okay? Use that promo code Church and State. Buy some books that your kids will love. Check out that cartoon while you're at it. Uh, you can also donate directly to us. Uh, just go on over there and hit that button right there at the top of our page, churchandstate.media, 
And uh, as always, we appreciate anybody who's donated to us. It keeps us on the American Christian Network. And you can also email us, churchandstate1776 at proton.me. As always, I love getting your emails. I respond uh, typically pretty quickly because I'm in charge of it. If it was Gabe, you'd be waiting for, for years. Sorry, Gabe. Shots fired. All right. Um, I wanted to talk about a few things before I get to the main subject matter, which is going to be about impact events. Um, but right now, TPUSA Faith, which all of you who know me. Oh, wait. I got, I got to back up. I got an announcement. I got a great announcement. Everybody's going to be thrilled with this. I've been contacted by three, three different local newspapers all asking me the same question. Are you ready for Congress? Is Caleb Call you're going to run for Congress? And so I've decided to use my platform here on Church and State to make a major announcement. Are you all excited? I would hope so. I, I, I get excited by the sound of my own voice. Chris, you get excited about my voice? You're fired. You should have seen that look. Anyway, so on Church and State, I'm going to announce that yes, indeed, I am running for Congress. Look at, look at the sound of the applause. This is beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, you know, I've, I've really been looking at it. I've been thinking a lot about this. And I think I actually have a great chance. I've got my platform here on Church and State uh, to where I can bring the message to the people. Uh, fans of the show know that uh, I am a big proponent of limited government. And I think I could do a lot of good, good things over there in Washington, D.C. Just transfer from Washington to Washington. Why not? Ladies and gentlemen, I am not running for Congress. <laughs> uh, the producer's like, oh my gosh, he's wiping sweat off his brow. I did that just for the leftists who like to watch this show. I gave him a little bit of a heart attack right there. It's fun. No, I don't want to run for Congress. Absolutely not. You know what I love as a former politician? You know what I love about being a talk show host now? Is I can say anything I want. And I don't have to worry about people. Okay, if you don't like the content that I provide, just change the channel. Stop watching me. How many radio show hosts talk about that? Don't listen to me. As a politician, you're out there, you're kissing babies. You, you know, people are always kind of trying to entrap you with questions. Well, what do you think about this? And, and, and now I can just say whatever I want. So, no, I have no desire to get back into politics. I, I mean, I work in politics, but... No, I'm, ne I'm never going to run for anything. I, it would have to be the Lord telling me you're running, and then I might uh, consider it. <laughs> no, I got to be obedient to him, don't I? Darn it. Yeah, I guess I do. All right. Anyway, uh, joke's over. So let's talk about TPUSA Faith. Uh, as many of you know, I am a senior regional manager for TPUSA Faith. That's right. I got promoted. Must be doing something right. And uh, we have worked diligently to produce a movie based off the book, Letter to the American Church. Now, if you are unfamiliar with the work of Eric Metaxas, you're missing out. I've read a number of his books, uh, Luther, Bonhoeffer, and Letter to the American Church, which I read and then turned around and reread. It's that good. It's a small book. It's a heavy read. And it's really an eye-opener for American churches. And what's at stake here? And the idea behind uh, Bonhoeffer's famous statements of, if you don't act, you're taking action. So now we've produced a movie, and we are showing this in churches around the United States. I know I've got a lot of Christians that listen to the show. If you think that your church would be interested in watching this movie, putting it on at the church, 
All you got to do is get a hold of me or you can go to tpfaith.com, tpfaith.com. My email, caleb.collier at tpusa.com. Get a hold of me and we'll make sure that this movie is showing inside of your church and hopefully we can wake up churches around the country. Uh, I do have the trailer here and I'm going to play it for you. So Chris, let's go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage. I'm convinced that the American church has arrived at a significant moment of truth. We are only 75, 80 years removed from three separate regimes that killed 60 to 70 million people intentionally. The parallels with where the American church is now to where the German church stood in the face of the Nazi regime are unavoidable and grim. Churches need to understand really what Marxism is, which is to destroy the church, to destroy the word of God. So if you capture the seminaries, you capture the pastors, you capture the laity, you capture the soul of the world. Christianity is not just about saying Jesus loves you and then going to heaven one day, but that there's a war that's raging. The church is weakening, which is why Marxism is ascendant in America today. This is the hour of the American church. A very, very compelling um, trailer there for that movie. Uh, look, there's a lot of disturbing images that were showed there. And if you're like me and you look around and you see that the United States is radically been transformed, uh, especially as of late, you know, the, the transformation process has been a long one. Uh, but those incremental steps, they felt like they were, uh, you know, a little easier to deal with. And maybe they weren't hitting you just over and over and over again. They, they'd hit you and then maybe they'd take a, a, a couple of years off or something like that. And nowadays it's just in your face. It's everywhere that you look. Yeah, the churches have been radically transformed to a point where most of the time you step into a church and you don't even recognize it. And I don't mean just specifically the woke churches. You know, if most of us as Christians who listen to the American Christian Network, who are fans of the show, would would completely shy away or, or just expose a church that had a rainbow flag hanging from it, that had Black Lives Matter, you know, painted on a, on a mural on the side of the building. Most of you would immediately reject that. But even what they've been able to accomplish by taking the church and just, just holding it into the four walls, not allowing the church to get outside of that building and really impact the community. If we believe, like, I mean, if you believe, like I believe, that the church is always going to be the solution, it's not the government, then we should demand that our churches actually be active. And this is such a wake-up call, and I hope that all of you, that this message would resonate with you and that we would be able to show this film in churches all around the, all around the region, all around the country. So remember, get a hold of me, go to tpfaith.com or just write me, caleb.collier at tpusa.com. And let's get this film out there. Uh, hopefully it'll motivate Christians and pastors alike to change the country back to, I don't know, normalcy? Maybe? Maybe just a, a tad of normalcy? That sounds delightful. All right, moving on from there. Um, I wanted to talk to you about a little bit of uh, a, a venture that I'm taking with a, with a few other uh, strong men. Um, this is something that I haven't really discussed on the show before. I think Gabe alluded to it at one point, but unlike Congress, I am going to do something here. 
I find myself tired uh, of the churches that I just described. And I also, and, and many of you know this, and I'm not trying to attack any, uh, any specific church here, but many of you know this, I've been down a, a rabbit hole of theology as of late. I've been really studying, uh, very beneficial for me, but, um, and hopefully for the audience as well. But I've been praying into this quite a bit, um, and we've got a group of, of individuals that are working together, and we're starting a church. Uh, we're going to name the church Apologia Chapel, and, uh, and sometimes I'm going to be teaching there. Uh, I'm not calling myself a pastor. I, I don't think that I am, but I could be a teacher. And um, my great love, as, especially recently, has been apologetics, defending the faith, having the knowledge uh, and, and the tools to be able to defend what you faithfully believe to the secularist, to the world. And most of you know that I'm quite logical. Uh, that's how I tend to frame my arguments. And so apologetics is, is very attractive to me. It appeals to me at a logical level. And so uh, that's going to be my emphasis. I know at the Bible study that I, that I co-lead, um, I've been walking uh, these individuals through apologetics, discussing different topics, different ways that we can argue and defend our faith. Uh, and so that's what I plan to really kind of focus on. In fact, I'm even with all my spare time. Yeah, that's right. Full time with TPUSA Faith, full time with Church and State. Now I think I'm going to start a church. I'm considering going back and getting my master's in apologetics. Now, don't hold me to it because um, I don't know. <laughs> I need to clone myself or something. Uh, remember that movie, Multiplicity? Yeah? No? Okay. I, yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting, but the problem was the clones got dumber and dumber, so that probably wouldn't work for me. Um, I don't know, maybe people would appreciate a dumber Caleb on church and state. Anyway, I just wanted to make you aware of it. We don't have a building yet. Uh, we're totally registered. We can take ties, all of that stuff, uh, but we're looking for a building. So if you're in the Spokane area and you know of a church building for sale or a, or a space we could use as a church, Hey, there's another reason to write Church and State 1776 at Proton.me. All right, let's get into the full content of the show. Uh, as I just said, apologetics, uh, defending the faith. And so I want to ask Chris here, I'm going to ask him a question, but I want all of you in the audience to take a moment and to remember specifically what I'm about to ask him. Chris, where were you September 11th, 2001? In my living room. Okay, do you remember the details of that day? Definitely, yes. Yeah, just just tell the audience just a little bit about what you remember on that day. I remember listening to Howard Stern freak out. Howard Stern freaking out. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I remember that day very distinctly. Now, I was serving in the United States Marine Corps at the time, and I was in my comm shop, and somebody rushed in and said um, they bombed the, the one of the towers. And so we turned on the television, and I was able to watch that second plane strike the tower. And I remember that day vividly. I remember the whole base going on lockdown. I remember people who hadn't gotten to, uh, gotten to the base yet that lived off of town not being allowed in. I remember us not being allowed outside of the base. And I knew that at that moment that my life had dramatically changed, uh, and really the lives of all Americans, uh, but specifically serving in the military at that point. I knew we were going to war. And so I remember details about this event, uh, smells, uh, you know, just everything about where I was and what was happening on September 11, 2001. This is called an impact event. Now, there are events throughout history. Uh, if you talk to maybe the older people uh, and ask them where they were in November 1963, they could probably tell you everything that they remember 
when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. There are impact events that we all will collectively remember, and some of them aren't necessarily even big events, but just meaningful events to you. Now, why is this important to defending our faith? I want to walk you through the life of Jesus Christ, and then I'll explain why the impact event means so much to us in defending our faith. Now, Jesus, obviously, um, as he started collecting followers, the real first miracle that occurs is his baptism by John the Baptist, at which point a dove ascend, or descends from heaven and a voice comes out of the sky and says, this is my beloved son of whom I'm, I'm well pleased. Think about that. Think about, think about you're here, you're experiencing some guy just being baptized in the water and all of a sudden a voice from heaven announces this? Do you think that might have made an impact? Let's walk through a lot of these, okay? There's 37 miracles that Jesus completed in his, uh, in his ministry from 30 to 33. Let's just walk through some of these in, in chronological order. The first, of course, is the turning the water into the wine. We find this in John 2, 1 through 11. You remember, and a lot of you are fans of The Chosen now, the wedding feast, and they run out of wine. And Jesus' mother begs him, and he honors his mother. And he turns the water into wine, and the guests are so impressed because usually they'd serve their best wine first. And then when everybody got drunk, didn't really notice the taste, then they would bring out the subpar wine. Imagine being a follower of Jesus and experiencing this, seeing water turned into wine like that. Very good wine, yes. Moving from there, we have Jesus heals an official son at, at uh, Capernaum in Galilee. Uh, that's also in John 4, 43 through 54. He then drives out an evil spirit, same location. This is recorded in Mark and in Luke. Jesus heals Peter's mother, uh, mother-in-law sick with fever. That's recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Jesus heals many sick and oppressed at evening, also um, Matthew, Mark, Luke. The first miracles of catch of fish, uh, that's recorded in Luke. Jesus cleans a man with leprosy. Uh, leprosy, a disease that was a death sentence at that time. And he cleaned him, just cleanses him completely, like new. Imagine seeing that an individual whose fingers, all, all of the digits, toes, nose, ears, they're all being eaten away. And suddenly, in an instant, that man is completely and utterly healed. Uh, Jesus heals the centurions. I'm not going to, I'm not actually, I'm not going to go through all. I thought I might go through all of them, but I think it's going to get in the way. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring up the ones that everybody remembers from Sunday school. Jesus heals a paralytic who was let down from the roof. We all remember this one. This is recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Imagine that experience. People just crowding around. Nobody can even move in this house. And a hole is cut into it, and this man is lowered down the faith of his friends. And then in front of everyone, this man just gets up, walks out. An incredible experience. Raising a widow's son from the dead in Nain. You think that might leave a mark 
a big old mark right on your head, right in your brain there. You see somebody being raised from the dead. How about calming the storm? Recorded in three of the four of the Gospels. Just sitting there and saying, peace to the storm. And it completely dies down. The disciples were, in, were awestruck by this event. That even the weather would obey his command. Jesus cast demons into a herd of pigs. <laughs> I think this one would have been interesting. You know, we've got a guy who's, who's literally, people are terrified of him. Nobody can even go near him in this graveyard. And he just casts them into the pigs. And they all commit suicide as they jump off of a cliff. I think that would have made an impact event in my memory. Jesus heals two blind men in Matthew. Um, let's see. Feeds 5,000. How about that one? Recorded in Matthew, Mark, and John. Imagine being the disciples and collecting a basket of a few fish and some loaves of bread, looking out into the crowd and seeing all of a sudden that you're able to feed 5,000, that you have leftovers? That's an incredible miracle. And even, even in John, you know, John talks about the fact that there were many more things that Jesus did. But if they wrote about all of them, that the, the book would never end almost. Paraphrasing, of course. These are incredible miracles to behold. I mean, we don't, we don't even talk about the fact that Jesus was able to talk to 5,000. How do you talk to 5,000? We didn't have the modern microphones. We didn't have things like that. He's able to speak to 5,000 people. Jesus feeds 4,000 after that, another one. Right? He heals a blind man. Spit, he heals a blind man by spitting in his eyes. Remember this story? Spitting in the mud, rubbing it in his eyes, and suddenly he can see. He heals a woman crippled for 18 years. Raises Lazarus from the dead. Remember, Lazarus at this point, he was starting to stink. He was smelling a little off. And he comes right back. Right back because Jesus loved him. Think about the people that witnessed this, who knew Lazarus, who watched him die, who were in mourning. And all of a sudden, he just comes right out, right out of that tomb. I mean, some people might have almost suffered a heart attack at that point. But no, all to prove that Jesus was who he said he was, the son of the living God. Uh, Jesus with the fig tree, the plant life, once again, this, uh, I talked about the storm, but he curses a fig tree and it just withers up and dies right there. And then, of course, there's his crucifixion. The crucifixion would have been a massive impact event for those who loved Jesus and even those who didn't love Jesus. To see this man who was innocent to be put up on this cross and then ultimately succumbing to death and massive earthquakes. The sky is darkened. The veil is torn. And then three days later, he rises. He rises and, oh, by the way, 
a whole bunch of other saints who had perished rose, went into the city talking with people. But he stays on earth for a while, teaching, prepping the disciples for the work that they have to go out and do. All impact events. I glossed over a number of these, but every single one of them is an impact event. Now, the accusation that comes from the secular world is that the Bible is clearly false because who could have remembered all of these stories? Who would have remembered these? Now, obviously, when we're, taking, when we're, we're talking about the faith side of things, the Holy Spirit clearly intervened and directed these disciples to write these words. But that faith element doesn't hold weight in the secular world. Yeah, God can grab a hold of their heart. Absolutely, he can. But generally speaking, when we're defending our faith, we have to deal in logic and facts because that's all that they'll accept. So I repeat my question. Where were you on September 11th, 2001? Because I remember every detail of it. And throughout the life of Jesus Christ, impact event after impact event, you don't think these were imprinted on these men's minds? I guarantee that they were. When's the last time you saw somebody be risen from the dead? When's the last time you saw a man calm the storm or walk on water? You don't think if you saw that, that maybe you'd remember that for the rest of your life? I guarantee that you, you that they would, that every single one of these men would. They'd remember every detail and they'd spell it out for you so that every single one of you could also believe in the testimony and life of Jesus Christ. That's what apologetics brings us. Right? Apologetics, and, and a lot of this I'm learning from Dr. Frank Turek, who's now become a hero of mine. But so much of the Bible, because of the facts that are put in it, is guaranteed to be true. Things like, why would, why would the disciples write about the embarrassing things? Why would they put in there that Jesus Christ's own mother and father, his own family, thought he was crazy and they tried to collect him, tried to save him from, from the path that he was walking down? Why would the disciples call themselves stupid and wretched? Why would they allow this? If you go throughout history and you look at like, let's just say, for example, the pharaohs and the scribes that wrote about the pharaohs, you think they'd allow them to put anything embarrassing? Read the documents. They don't because these were gods. Nothing is embarrassing is included in this. Why would the disciples who are making up a religion, as the accusation goes, why would they put that the first two individuals to see the risen Christ were women? You got to understand the culture this, at this time. The words of women only, only actually amounted to about half as credible as to what a man would say. So if you were actually making up a religion, don't you think you'd make it the men that saw Jesus Christ first? Or how about this? And as Frank Turek says, and I'll close with this, people will die for a lie that they believe is true, but no one dies for a lie that they know is a lie. And examine the deaths of every single one of the disciples of Jesus Christ, 
uh, excluding John, but even he was boiled in oil. Simon the Zealot, my favorite. You all know it. Sawn in half. Not from the side. No, he was hung upside down and sawn in half. You don't think somebody who they guarantee, hey, we won't kill you if you just admit this is false, if they were making it up, that they wouldn't rescind, retract the things that they had said? Apologetics teaches us to offend our faith, and I highly suggest every Christian become as enamored with it as I have. Church and State is sponsored in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution Party. I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm. Welcome to the fire. With the rise of the BRICS nations, uh, you've got a lot of nations that are gathering together and they're all doing a gold-backed currency. The United States is not and uh, the petrodollar is starting to fail. And my suggestion to all of you would be to get behind gold and silver because that is the currency that is always going to have value. I might not be a gold or silver guru, but I want to have something tangible in my hands at the end of the day. So I would definitely recommend every one of you go to BH dash pm.com all you got to do is look around and see that the price of of everything is increasing gold and silver is on the rise it's being artificially suppressed you want to schedule a consultation right now so that your families don't end up in the bread line and you're saying please sir can i have some more stop waiting what are you waiting for four years from now prices are going to be absolutely astronomical go to bh dash pm.com get a consultation now you definitely want to mention church and state it will get you the best prices it will get you the best consultation advice use church and state when you go to bh-pm.com mypillow.com has got more than just pillows you've got your slippers your bathrobes you have towels that actually dry you off not the kind you buy at walmart where it's just kind of a slick mess uh, they have got some of the best products out there the sheets are uh, absolutely incredible i think it's a thousand count it's it's the best products you can buy and the pillows even have silencer technology in it and so if, if you need a day where you're just going to scream into your pillow don't worry your neighbors won't hear you why would you want to go to bed bath beyond first of all they're out of business you want to go support an american-made product go to mypillow.com and then you're also supporting one of the nation's most, I would say, Jesus-filled and a company that is completely, completely built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you're getting a two-for-one there. You know you've wanted good night's sleep for years. You're, you're, you're tossing, you're turning. Just go now. Go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code Church and State. C-H-U-R-C-H-A-N-D-S-T-A-T-E. That's church and state. You do not want to eat synthetic meat. If you if you can grow a meat in a lab, if, if you want to go ahead and have Soylent Green on the table, feel free to eat this garbage that Target's trying to throw out. But if you want actual meat that's been freeze-dried, it's been then processed by actual human beings, go to griddownchowdown.com. Look, the World Economic Forum has declared a war on red meat. They hate the cows. They hate the cow farts. There is supply chain issues. And uh, for me, you can pry my steak from my cold, dead hands. If you want a meat that's going to last freeze-dried 10 years or more, this is the product you want. I want all of you to go to griddownchowdown.com. Use the promo code Church and State. These are fantastic 
freeze-dried raw beef. The blood is still in it. You just rehydrate it and add it to your favorite meal, and you are ready to go. And remember, the Holy Word of God tells us, for one person has faith to eat all things, while another who is weak eats only vegetables. That's Romans 14.2. The doctor that I recommend for all of your needs is the underground clinic doctor, Dr. Troy Spurl. Because Dr. Troy is the best doctor, bar none. You know, this is the great thing about officialsignups.com is it's in all 50 states. You don't have to be in, in Michigan or Minnesota. You can be in Hawaii, you can be in Florida, and you can find a doctor that you can trust. If you are still wearing a mask, if you have rolled up your sleeve and gotten all the jabs and all the boosters, then official signups is not for you. You want to go find the, one of those big pharma doctors that'll give you all the prescriptions you want and you can live a very sickly life. Well, if you're looking for a, a doctor for yourself or maybe a doctor for your family or a doctor who's not going to push vaccines on you, you want to go to officialsynapse.com. You for sure need to mention church and state when you go to officialsynapse.com to take part in all the savings, all the great deals for you and your family. This was sacred to God. Now this is exactly why I need some action for my people. Hello everybody, it's an honor to be with you.